0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
1: Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And Michael, we've got an interesting question here, and I'm kind of concerned about where we're gonna land on this one. So here's our question. (laughs) How do you disprove the deist view of God as a watchmaker?
0: I'm curious why you're concerned
1: about... I'm concerned about this because... i you're a secret deist? Well, no, I'm not a deist. (laughs) No, 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 I'm not a deist. But I have heard people use the watchmaker analogy to prove in intelligent
0: design. But this question is really about how do you disprove this view? Yeah, so the the watchmaker, clockmaker... Clockmaker is a better way. I think that's a more historic vocabulary for it, but... So the, the simple idea here yeah, of, I've heard both so. of deism is that um there is a God because what a deist does is they look at the universe and there's enough logic in them that says, you know, nothing this complex, nothing this beautiful, nothing this symmetrical could have happened by sheer accident. They're they're able to look at simple things like the, the laws of thermodynamics and say, well, if left to itself, chaos always comes... Chaos always breeds more chaos. Right. And so you look at the world and, and and the very nature implicit in evolution is that order is coming out of chaos. So they're able to look at the laws of science and they're able to say, okay, something sentient or conscious must have intervened because never in all of creation, nowhere in the observable universe does chaos ever come out of order or does Correct. anything become more um, I'm sorry, order come out of chaos. Right. Never, never, unless there's intervention, does order come out of chaos. And so, you know, they look at the world and they say, okay, logically this must make sense. But then what they do is they look at pain and evil and suffering and, and they, they have an equation in their brain and the equation goes like this. God must have the ultimate desire to alleviate pain. Therefore, if he's not alleviating pain, then he must not be paying attention or he must okay. not care mm-hmm. or he must not be fulfilling his God duties or something of the sorts. And so what they say is like, I can't get away from the idea that there is a God. That's that's just, you, you have to be so angry. And this actually historically proves true. Most atheists are angry.
1: They're angry at God for something that's happened to them most commonly.
0: Right. Rarely do you meet an atheist that is not at their core angry about The concept of if there is a God, then they're angry at him. So they just say there's no God. But deists by and large are very logical. They step back and they say, you know, it makes sense that there's a God. I I don't have a category that there's not. But if there was a God, he would be sort of like me and he should share my (laughs) value system. And so if he shares my value system, then he should stop evil. And, And if you're God, and I get this logic, by the way, like I'm not, I'm not opposed to the logic. Like if you're God, and you see terrible things happening, and you have the power to stop them, and you don't stop them, then you're culpable. And so the deists have this vision of God that he's aloof. Like the cosmic clockmaker, he created the clock, he wound it up, and he walked away. Walked away and let it run its own course. So what we would call evolution, or scientists would call, it not we, you and I, but what evolution is, they would basically say that was God intervening, and then he kind of just walked away, and he's letting it fulfill its course. And he might have some grand plan, but He's probably not worthy of worship or putting a name to him because he's not that interested in being known because let's be honest, like if I were God, I would do things differently and I would want people to know me. So God, God must be aloof and distant Mm. and off in another land. Again, deism takes a thousand different forms. For some deists, uh, God is, is just a terrible God who would ever, it's like having kids and abandoning them, you know, for some people, God is a trite God. We don't know his name. We just know that he's not really interested in whatever's going on. And maybe he's creating in the multiverse hundreds of thousands or billions of little galaxies and winding them up and walking away and he gets bored with one. Every deistic vision of God is going to be a little subtly different. But uh, their final conclusion is this. We don't know. You can't know what you don't know. It's sort of like agnosticism, but giving God maybe the benefit of the doubt that he's aloof. Yeah. And so somebody could say, like, uh, by the way, I've met with two people in the last week who are functionally deist. They believe there's a God out there, but they don't have rules of the universe and how good and evil mix, but they can say, I see good and I see evil. And one guy this week told me, uh, he believes in the cosmic forces that good balances out evil and there's mm. a good force and there's a bad force. And at the end of the day, you know, like there's a bunch of bad in the world, a bunch of good, but it all equals out. And he was self-admittedly unknown about the future and life and death. And he was just honest. He's just wow. using his own yeah. logic to kind of, to say, looking around the world, seeing what it is, and that's the best he can come mm. up with. So now, this week I was sitting down with a guy, and the conversation in my brain, I was thinking, like, do I even broach the subject, right? Because there's an apologist, a defender. In sure. Me yeah. That wants to say, have you considered? <laughs> Wasn't appropriate actually in the conversation. Uh-huh. But the question would be, like, how would I convince him that the deistic version of God that he believes in is actually not true? How do I convince him that there's a real God? I'll give you my simple answer. That's all some context for people who are working yeah, with yeah. a watchmaker, clockmaker, deist, mm-hmm. whatever. My simple answer would be twofold. Number one, the best place to go is the resurrection. Mm-hmm. You can try to prove the Bible. <laughs> Andy Stanley just wrote a book on this. And, and yeah. the one thing I yep. will tell him yeah. is if you try to prove God through book. the Bible, you're going to miss so much. There's so much baggage around it. Yeah, But if you try to validate Jesus in the resurrection, the evidence is much more simple, clear, compelling, if you start with that point, you'll get a lot further. Yeah. That makes it about Jesus and not a book. It makes it about the nature of God and not the nature of the plausibility of man-error, all this stuff. And I'm not saying I believe that, but that's how Right, right. Like that's where Andy's coming it, from. You know, and I think he's right, actually. It, it on is that. a
1: very necessary move towards a better way of doing apologetics today. Yep. Start with the easy stuff yes. that gets to
0: the core. And yep. when you start with the resurrection, it's a lot easier and it gets right to the core. Yep. You know, and then, then you work out for other discussions. But, the only way that you're ever going to have a deist transform to any kind of coherent theism where they believe that God is a name is probably going to happen through faith. If they're already at the yeah, point where they're Apart amidst, from the
1: Holy Spirit, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, if they're already at a point where they're a deist, they've already spent enough time thinking and rejecting all plausible religions. And so likely the only thing that will bring them from point A to point B is going to be faith in Jesus. And the only way they're going to have faith in Jesus is probably through a discussion and conversation around the resurrection. You may, you may find a deist who wants to do a Bible study and wants to study the legitimacy and validity of the Bible. That's very plausible. I would Mm -hmm. say they're the rarity. Yeah. By and large, that's where I would probably go. But how do you prove it? I mean, how do you, how do you prove it? (laughs) You know, like, like, uh, how do I prove you have a brain? You know, like I can't see it. I can't touch it. I mean, the, the evidence is ever, you know what I mean? So, I believe you have a brain, by the
1: way. Yeah, oh, thank you. (laughs) I I appreciate the concept. Everyone comes to a point of deciding about God from different directions, and I'm excited for the person who comes to uh, view God from a deist viewpoint as the grand designer or the intelligent designer. I appreciate that because at least they're looking at the laws of the universe, they're looking at science, they're looking at the way in which this world works. And they're saying, hey, this could not have happened by itself. There had to be an intelligent designer. I think that's a great beginning point. But apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from accepting Christ as their Savior, they're still not Christian in the sense, even though they may believe in a intelligent designer. So what it takes to make a pocket watch when this concept was first introduced. It was about the watch with all the intricate gears and screws and springs and the complication. It did not create itself. And you could put all the pieces that make up a watch on a table and you can wait hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of years, and it will never put itself together and it will never work by itself. So I appreciate someone trying to go at that argument saying, see, doesn't that prove that there is an intelligent designer a God who created the universe, who created man. But there is a huge gap between that and faith in Jesus Christ and accepting Jesus as the one who died for our sin. Mm. I think what this person that is asking this question, if I can use the term, blowing up the idea that God created this complex universe and then he's pulled his hands off and let us do whatever we want. From a logical standpoint, there is never an inventor that's ever done that. Mm. Every inventor that's ever poured their life and soul, maybe all their finances into creating an invention, they want to see that invention flourish and grow and and develop and and get into the hands of people. Why would God create this complex world and the complexity of people and then pull his hands off and say, okay, you're on your own now?
0: Yeah, I think the deist would say, well agreed that doesn't make sense, but it also doesn't make sense that he would make the world with a moral code infused in it and then allow atrocities. Mm-hmm. The deist is legitimately confused Yes, because every notion of God that is logical to them doesn't make sense with what they observe. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, though, they're saying, if I were God, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> <None> unfortunately <laughs> God is not like us and he thinks very differently than us. And is, yeah. I mean, he's he just does things differently. I mean, that's part of reading the Bible is realizing God is not like us.
1: Correct. To answer this question, how do you disprove it? You don't. You don't without the work of the Holy Spirit. Yep, You can't.
0: Hey, we're on the same page. I All right. No, hey, hey, no need for concern. All right. Hey,
1: Michael, Tim, may the force be with you.
0: <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> so, Tim, I have a question. Yes. Burning in my soul. Oh, my. Is depression a sin? That is a good question. Let's talk about that next time.